Hey there, this is Dr. Rob, the referral doc. Welcome to the Special Dentalist Podcast, where we help specialists become special. Today's episode, I'm going to be having Mike Green interview me. I'm doing a little intro here to explain why I think that this, you'd be interested in this. Uh, I've had a crazy journey uh, trying to pursue my entrepreneurial uh, tendencies. I, I love to build, I love to create. Um, just being a, a normal dentist, a normal general dentist for 17 years was, was uh, enough for me. And uh, it's kind of a crazy journey that I had. Uh, deciding to, to jump in and pursue the software company referral web and also a vacation rental with my family and so you know honestly a lot of you guys are out there are entrepreneurs at heart and so this right here you might you might understand this story it might be interesting to you to hear what happens when a dentist that has it all decides to sell it sell his house move his family to the mountains and some of the crazy things that happen because of it. some of my some of my stories you might find interesting. So uh, here you go. Here's Mike interviewing Dr. Rob. All right. Hey, welcome to the Dental Specialist Podcast. This is Dr. Rob, the referral doc. I'm back here with Mike Green. Uh, we interviewed him last last week. Uh, we talked about doctor demographics. Actually, we interviewed about about ten minutes. Ago. I was going to say I wear the same shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're this podcast is uh, we're going to switch the microphone around. Have uh, Mike interview me about uh, some of our story. We go way back, but. Uh, Mike and I, so I thought it'd be a good, he'd be a good person to interview me. So yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah. So, and you know, what do we title this? The true entrepreneur's journey or something like that. that. That's you know, right. It's probably the, a good the, one. The crazy uh, yeah. entrepreneur's journey. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's, uh, you know, when there's something worth fighting for, you got to make sacrifices and you got to fight for it. Right. And yeah. you know, I love this about your story and let's start back in, um, in high school. Okay. Or maybe even before that, sure. um, you know, I, I always loved, again, from a marketing perspective, how you combined your artistry with mm -hmm. your dental practice. And that right. was your marketing angle mm -hmm. um, for your practice. So tell me, I guess, tell the listeners a little bit about, about that aspect of your life that they frankly probably don't know about. Oh, yeah. So I was really into art. I don't know. I just really like the right side of my brain. Uh, loved art. Fantastic. Uh, I, well, I don't know. That's pretty good. Yeah. Your mom said you were good. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I won, I won lots of awards <laughs> yeah. and whatever. <clears throat> and, and little Cedar High. Yeah. got some scholarships from it. Right. So my focus was actually going to be going, uh, my plan was to be an art teacher in, in university and college. And, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. I was just uh, talking to my brother. He was in dental school and, and he asked me, Hey, have you ever thought about being a dentist? And, and academics weren't necessarily my, my forte. I always got A's and B's. And I did okay. <clears throat> but it wasn't, I never thought, man, I'm going to go to all this school and become right. a doctor. Um, I was more of a, a free thinker, an artist, uh, kind of an entrepreneur. I didn't realize how much of an entrepreneur I was, but until I actually became a dentist, but, but yeah, there was something I, I when he asked me that, I, I just felt something over me. I just like, man, maybe I should look into that. And it wasn't until I actually got out of dental school and started looking at cosmetics that I realized that my art had a big part to play in my success as a dentist. And yeah. So that's why I took yeah. that angle of, yeah. of cosmetics. Well, and one thing that, that I've been able to see over working with many, many doctors over the last couple of years is there are doctors that have uh, a natural proclivity for being a marketer. Uh, marketing always did play a big role in your practice. You were um, involved with, you understood Google ads, you were running um, pretty consistent marketing, you know, traditional media, online media, you were doing all of that. That again is, is kind of a rarity when mm -hmm. it comes to doctors. Um, and so I, I was always really impressed that you, that you did that. Did, did that come naturally for you to do those things? Did you do it out of desperation when you were first starting like everybody else? Or did you have good guidance, a good mentor that, that kind of guided you along the way for marketing? Honestly, I just, 
I enjoyed it. I loved uh, creating my own brand. I didn't realize what I was doing as I was doing it. Yeah, it was just more sure. like, hey, I need to get my, my word out there. I mean, uh, the other two doctors in my practice, they weren't really into marketing at all. They had established the practice. Yeah. Nobody knew I existed. That mm -hmm. was part of the problem. Uh, in fact, how I got started in entrepreneuring was uh, Tom TV. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where I, I thought, you know, I need to get my name out there. I need to do it non-traditionally. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just came up with this idea of putting uh, these TVs in restaurants, waiting rooms, in the bowling alley. Mm -hmm. And actually, and all, the other thing is was frustrating. As a new dentist, I didn't have a lot of money, thousands of dollars to put into sure. radio ads yeah. and to be one of the many dentists that are mm -hmm. just doing the radio ads or billboards. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I thought, man, I'm just going to create my own marketing platform. Yeah. Created these, uh, you know, in, in reception areas where I was able to show. And that's the other thing is that a lot of these didn't show my work. And right, it's an artistic mm -hmm. uh, showing before and afters is huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with people gaining trust with you. Mm -hmm. And so I needed a, a, a one that showed the visually. And so I started on the online showing Facebook, you know, before and afters. What's crazy is Facebook won't allow you to do before and afters because mm -hmm. they don't want to show mm -hmm. you to show, right. you know, unrealistic results. Right. But I'm like, right these happen, right. you know, it's like, how is this unrealistic? But yeah. anyway, so that's why I created Tom TV and uh, started on this entrepreneuring like yeah. um, pathway. So let's talk about that for sure. a second. Um, you know, you definitely were uh, the poster child, in my opinion, of approaching your dental practice um, from a business and marketing standpoint, which is extremely important. Right. But you, you have um, that itch, right? Mm -hmm. That entrepreneur itch that, um, that was, I think always, and I think a lot of doctors struggle with this is that they're extremely successful mm -hmm. doctors. The practice is great, but that doesn't end, right? Their brain right. doesn't shut off. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're doing, when you're filling and drilling for nine hours a day, you know, your mind kind of goes, wow, what about this? What about that? Right. So you definitely were also the poster child of I've got an entrepreneurial itch. Right. So you kind of mentioned Tom TV. So kind of go into that a little bit. Um, what are some of the challenges um, and uh, benefits that you experienced as a general dentist who needed to scratch that itch mm -hmm. um, with some of these other ventures that you started. Okay, awesome. So yeah, um, I noticed as I talk to other dentists, I can't tell you how many of them come up to me and say, oh, that's a great idea, man. Yeah, you know, it's yeah like, I have that happen. <laughs> yeah, it's like, too. oh man, if I yeah. could just take this to market yeah. and uh, I'd be a, a yeah. millionaire, right. you know, it's like, yeah. and because everybody, we do, we sit around and we just see ways to improve things. But what I realized is getting it from that idea stage to actually getting it through uh, the research and development and to validating it, to selling it. And to, for, it's just this huge gap yeah. that a lot of, you see tons of dentists actually jump into it, trying to get a patent or trying to sell something. And then they realize it's just too big of a right. hurdle. And right. It just, you know, it falls, you know, mm -hmm. it's difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the very first thing that I came up, I, I wanted, someone said to me, Hey, if you could do a painless shot, then, then you'd be a millionaire. So right. I was trying to develop this, uh, you know, painless mm -hmm. shot. I, I didn't end up at taking it anywhere. That was my first thing. I started developing this um, virtual uh, book for kids because I was an artist. I did these mm -hmm. cartoons where Dr. Rob, uh, you know, welcomed the, the patient in and we'd mm -hmm. sit down and read these books with kids. Anyway, all these different things that were happening, I didn't realize were entrepreneuring, you know, right. to, but they were, they were satisfying that itch a mm -hmm. little bit, my creative side. Mm -hmm. uh, dentistry was fun. Cosmetics were great. Um, fun for me, but just the drill and fill every day yeah. just gets mundane and, and it just didn't feel fulfill that for me. And so yeah. I reached out and started doing these other things. And, and when I came, when I started doing the, the digital advertising to help my dental practice better, um, that actually 
found its way into dental marketing, like digital marketing in dental practice mm -hmm. waiting rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, we called it uh, DNTV, Dental Network Television. Mm -hmm. But we were the people that were going to actually be paying for it were the specialists that were going to be in my general dentist mm -hmm. practice. Right. And then I we wanted to track that. One thing led to another. I realized there was no way, you know, to refer. Anyway, it ended up turning into this. We found this problem with referrals. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the the brainchild of like, we're still sending paper referrals to, to specialists. This is crazy. Right. Yeah. And so that's where um, I went out with an orthodontist to lunch. And I asked him about a patient that I'd referred to him. And he's like, you know, I have no idea who you're talking about. And uh, I'm really frustrated about it. So we went and did some research and found that, you know, around 40% never called and scheduled appointments. And mm -hmm. that's kind of where uh, that took off. Yeah. Um, how, you know, your, I think your question was how it's, I don't know how it's affected me mm -hmm. or yeah. something like that. Right. Um, honestly, it's been the best thing that saved my life. Mm -hmm. And it's been the thing that's been, you know, when it, it caused a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. I mean, I ended up selling my practice, which was my bread and butter, which mm -hmm. was like going phenomenal. I've been practicing for 15 years mm -hmm. and jumping uh, headfirst into this uh, pool of unknowns, trying mm -hmm. to chase a dream. And, mm -hmm. Um, and it's been the best ride ever, but again, it, that one of the hardest ones for sure as well. Being an entrepreneur is tough. It's tough. So it's tough. I, I'm going to ask you, I've kind of thrown you a couple of softballs, but I'm going to ask you a couple of hardball questions. Okay, Are sure. you ready? Yeah. So, yeah. so talk about, um, I know, uh, I know you, I know your family, mm -hmm. um, talk about the importance of your, your wife and kids in making that sacrifice, mm -hmm. um, and the role that they played. Um, and the sacrifice they always also had to feel. And then the pressure, I think, that on you as the provider uh, had to go through um, in order to decide, yes, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Yes, I'm going to sell my practice, my bread and butter, and we're going to go down that uh, that uh, that new reality of our life. Right. That's a great question. Um, Thank you. I honestly, my my wife was, she hated my entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. You know, every every um, mother of children and wife, their, their goal is to get to where they're in the stable place. They have security. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone, but but most most uh, enjoy that um, that security that comes and to have an entrepreneurial husband that they're kind of riding passenger to mm -hmm. um, where I was the one that was bringing the income in and she was taking care of the kids and the family. Uh, for me to take all of our extra income rather than socking it away into retirement or savings, you know, I was putting it into these different businesses mm -hmm. and it was rare. It was really difficult for her, honestly, um, to see me um, do, go through that. And uh, frankly, there was a couple of times where she would, you know, she asked me, you know, please let's, let's just really be responsible. And, mm -hmm. um, because once you, once you, a lot of times when you start into a, a venture, you think you're just so optimistic uh, we're going to, we only need around 30 grand to get mm -hmm. this going and it'll probably only take us around six months before right. we need a revenue. But, but oftentimes it's 10 times that, you right. know, and, and you're in it so far, you've spent so much money and you're this close. You're mm -hmm. always this close to breaking it open. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd come home and talk to my wife and be like, Oh, I'm so close. I mean, yeah. Please help us through this. And it was very difficult for her. Our kids, um, I think the impact that it had on them was the fact that I was, I had a full-time dental job. And then after it was over at five, five thirty, six at night, then I had to spend a couple hours on my other business mm -hmm. uh, because I couldn't let that fall. And so I just didn't see a lot of time with them. Mm -hmm. um, there was a turning point though. Um, and it was actually the night when um, I found out that you were actually leaving, mm -hmm. you know, to go pursue something else. Mm -hmm. And I was the only one left in referral web, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it was just me. It was like, mm -hmm. it was the perfect time to drop it and mm -hmm. to just say, let's just let it go right. and walk away from mm -hmm. this thing. Um, but I, I, I remember, um, I was listening to this talk from a, 
from a friend of mine who was giving a, a talk to a college group. And he talked about in life, you have these moments, uh, windows of opportunity <clears throat> when you need to act quickly and uh, you can't let fear hold you back. Mm. And if you let fear hold you back, you're going to miss these windows. And then all of a sudden you realize you, you decide, oh, I want to do it. And you go back and that window's gone. Mm. And I realized I had this window of opportunity. And so, you know, I am a, I am a spiritual person. I spent some time mm. praying about it and I just had this over, overwhelming mm. peace about the, this way to go with this. But mm. you're right. I couldn't do this again, drag my wife through this, yeah. like sell my practice, sell my home. I knew mm -hmm. what it would take to do it. I had to jump all in. Mm -hmm. I had to give everything up to get the capital and I needed to focus on it a hundred percent. And I couldn't do it without my wife's yeah. help. Yeah. Um, so after I had had this kind of feeling that it was right, a really strong feeling that it was right. I woke her up out of bed and just said, Hey, I, I tell her my experience. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. I was not expecting her to feel really positive, but she said, you know, I feel good about it. You yeah. Know? Um, her and I are, are, are more follow our feelings than logically, mm -hmm. which has gotten us into trouble sure, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> part of the interesting thing, Mike, is that when we feel like we're doing the right thing um, in life, we we think that it's going to be financially right. the right thing. Right. Like we feel like this is a good thing to take our family on, and it's because I'm going to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. and, you know, right. it's it's going to be financially successful. And if it's not, then it was a it was obviously we were listening to the wrong feelings. Right. You know. But what we found over this last four or five years, as we've been ups and downs and um, through the whole, you know, wondering if this is going to work or not, um, and financially, actually, to be honest, you know, struggling, yeah. um, it's been, there's been times where we felt like we've lost our, you know, faith in this whole journey of mm -hmm. like, um, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. um, and what we realized as we look back at is those struggles that I was having with my kids of being disconnected as a father mm -hmm. have completely been reversed mm -hmm. and the relationship that we've had with our kids mm -hmm through this whole experience because we did it as a family yeah and we didn't even go to our kids and say this is what we're right. doing we're selling our home we actually went to them and said we want you to feel good about this mm -hmm. how do you feel mm -hmm. we want you to pray about it we want you to um, be okay about it before we do we jump off and mm -hmm. sell our practice and and head up to the mountains to mm -hmm. our little cabin right yeah and uh start a new life mm -hmm. and uh we did it as a family and it's been a family venture and it's been the best thing we ever did for our family mm -hmm. and uh, it's working out now five yeah. years later financially right. <laughs> you know it's interesting because I talked to, uh, I talked to a lot of doctors that are, that are advanced in their career towards the end of, of their career, frankly. And they, they, uh, have had a lot of financial success, huge financial success. Mm -hmm. But when you look at those other aspects of their life, their family, their relationships, they have all come at great cost to that mm -hmm. financial success. And I'm never going to be in the camp of saying that financial success should not be sought after, right? Of right. course you should be going after that, especially in the dental world, it's attainable. Um, and you should be going after that, but there are some other factors there. They're extremely important. Uh, your, your relationships, uh, play a huge role in at the end of your career and all of our careers of how successful we've really been. Right. And so I appreciate, let me, let me ask you a personal question on that because I think it's important. And, and in that and kind of a follow-up, why was, I mean, let's just be really frank. Why was referral web, um, like why was it such a deep passion of yours mm -hmm. to be able to warrant such a massive financial, if nothing else, financial and time sacrifice? That's a, oh man, that's a good question. I've asked myself that so much. And uh, it's, I think the same, same question is why did I get into dentistry? Right? Yeah. I, I didn't grow up with the passion of teeth mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Right. <clears throat> I heard, um, I'm kind of probably going to botch this, but I heard an explanation from somebody cause I have one wonder why am I so passionate about referrals? It's right. crazy. Yeah. And, and uh, I was listening to Russell Brunson uh, from ClickFunnels and he was just talking about how he, you know, how you become 
um, uh, passionate about something or, or become a thought leader about something. Um, and, and he says, the first thing is, is that, you know, in life, we tend to um, try out a bunch of different hobbies, a bunch of different things that, that we do. And, and one of them, for some reason, um, just it, it intrigues us enough that we go down and start learning about it. And then mm -hmm. the more we learn about it, the more we become more knowledgeable and the more knowledgeable and the more of a, of a leader in, in, in that, the more uh, you just become more passionate about it. And it's, it's a lot of times, it, it, you know, who knows why we go down roads we go down. I would have never thought referrals right. would have been this, but, yeah. but I, I look back and I thought, you know what? I saw a problem. I was, it was more of an entrepreneur, an mm -hmm. option to a good, something that the market needed. I saw there was a problem with it. Was I just so passionate that we gotta right. give these patients to the yeah. specialists, man, right. those 40%, you <laughs> right. know? Yeah. Or the specialists are losing so much money. I mean, really, you think about it, why was I so passionate about that 40% that wasn't getting to the specialists? I don't know. It's just, I realized there was a gap. It's more of a financial, like, oh, this is a great thing. But the more I, the more I got into it and the more I thought, this really is a problem, and I am seeing how to fix it, and, I, and the more I dove into it, became knowledgeable about it. Yeah, it just develops into a passion. It just, mm -hmm. And so why did I make this decision to jump off into this, into this uh, last four years of chasing this? It was just, I realized there, there's, a, there's a, back to that, what that guy said, you know, there's a small window and I realized, you know, I'm passionate enough about it. I look back at the last 10 years of my life, I was 40. And it could have been a midlife crisis. Yeah, I mean, right. you know, yeah. uh, midlife crisis is just... sans the ponytail and Corvette. You were right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, you know, people people experience that, but it was definitely the spilling of my life's half over, man. Yeah, right. And look at the last ten years, and and I just had ten years of kind of there just wasn't a lot of things to hang my hat on. Right. Just, I was drilling, filling from eight to five every day, then working on referral web, and and it's just there was there was nothing really that brought a lot of happiness to me. I was mm -hmm. spending time with my family the right. way I should. Right. I just thought I need a reset you know and this is an opportunity for me to still have my hand in dentistry what i love as well as um you know software has a great option sure. and, and we I saw a great need became passionate about referrals yeah and it was just kind of a, the perfect storm to get me to where i'm like boom let's yeah. do it let's jump yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and i think that that if you hadn't have found that passion right it probably would have been right. shelved oh, yeah, you know for sure. and how many of us have had that right mm -hmm. where we decide you know this is not worth the sacrifice right. it's not a big enough problem where i don't have the right solution or whatever mm -hmm. so that that's a huge thing what what advice would you give somebody um because i know we're, we're talking to dental specialists right. right now and i think specialists specifically probably have some entrepreneurial thoughts i know if i was an endodontist and i was doing root canals all day long for mm -hmm. like 20 years I would want a hug first probably right. because I would need some emotional support. But then I'd also, man, I'd always be thinking, man, what else, what else is out there? Right. What right. is the other thing? And so what advice would you give somebody who experienced that? Maybe, maybe they've hit that midlife crisis of 40. They've got a successful practice, but they've got a big idea. Right. What would be the advice you give them? Uh, the first thing is, is that don't be afraid to, to go for things, you know? Um, but I, my advice would be to hang on to a piece of your success. I, I, I've seen, there was another, um, another guy that had a similar path as mine. What he did is he brought in associates to run his practice, mm -hmm. to continue to bring in that revenue mm -hmm. as he pursued his passion. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so for me, I cut off my, my income right. stream completely. Right. And in a way I did it in a, on purpose. Right. I, I burnt the ships. You burnt the ships. Yeah. Sure, I mean, yeah. I didn't want an option to get out, mm -hmm. which, which I wouldn't have lasted had yeah. I not done that. Right. So, um, you know, the, but at the same time, I've gone through a lot of unnecessary financial struggles for my family and my sure. life and stuff. Yeah. So, so, you know, looking back, I wish that I would have possibly done it a little bit different mm -hmm. where I didn't completely burn the ships. Mm. With that being said, um, if you have a passion and I, I 
don't don't waste your life. Um, if endodontics, oral surgery, if that's your passion, that's your life, you love it. You just love helping people. Right. I mean, yeah, put every ounce of effort and energy into that. But if you aren't feeling, you know, success or feeling fulfilled as a, a human being and you're halfway through your life like me, uh, don't be afraid to cut back a little bit um, on, on that and pursue something that brings brings meaning to your life, yeah. which, which to me is relationships. And, um, that's another thing actually that I missed is the relationships I built with patients. I, mm. I took that for granted, mm. like seeing 10, you know, 20 patients a day and having them come in with a problem. I, I always looked at them as like, oh, they come in, they hate being a dentist. Yeah. It's just this, I hated right. this feeling of everybody doesn't like being here, you know, mm -hmm. but what I realized is that I was helping people and they actually were leaving my office, mm. appreciating me. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't have that for a couple of years of, of having that relation, that interaction, um, you know, I, that's why I got back into dentistry part-time right mm. now is to, to actually feel like I'm, I'm giving connection. Yeah. Connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So final question. Sure. So with referral web specifically, yeah. what is the most important thing that you would like a specialist to know or understand about referral web? The most important, the most impactful thing that may make their life better. Great. Okay. So referral, uh, let's just talk about referrals in general. You've got to understand the referrals, uh, you may have been in a place where referrals came easy. I, I know there's a lot of specialists out there that's like, man, we got so many referrals. We don't, we don't have to capture off hundred percent mm -hmm. of them. You know, we don't want to, right. That is not always going to be the case. You know, you're, especially after coming out of this COVID-19, it's like, you're going to be in a place where suddenly you can't take it for granted mm -hmm. anymore. Every referral is, is critically important. Mm -hmm. These are people, these are patients as a general dentist. When I referred somebody to a specialist, you know, it was, I was handing as basically handing that, uh, a gift to the specialist saying, telling this patient, go to Dr. Smith, mm -hmm. you know, you need this. I'm, I'm selling them on the implant. I'm, I'm giving them all these instructions of why they need it. I'm telling them Dr. Smith is going to take care of them. He's mm -hmm. going to do it for them. I sent them out the door and almost half of them don't even call the specialist, right. but they leave my office like wanting it, mm -hmm. right? They want, they're leaving my office wanting the implant, but over time, you know, soccer practice, my car breaks down, yeah. all these different things come to play. The number one reason why people don't go, it's not a good reason. It's not financially. It, it's it's a uh, it's just that they procrastinated right. and they just forgot. It's lost it. in the shuffle. Yeah. yeah. So the, the greatest thing that referral web does, and that referral web something like referral web can do for their practice is their practice is like oral surgeons, periodontists, um, endodontists. Ninety five percent of their their practice is built from referring offices, referring doctor um, patients referrals, and forty percent are not coming through. If if they could just know about every single referral. Then, then it, get, it opens it up. They can reach out to them. They can bring it in. We have so many case studies that show um, just having a system where you know about every referral and not only know about them, but reach out to them while the iron's hot, you know, yeah. at 10 minutes immediately. As soon as the referral comes, boom, you're on the phone right. um, calling them. If they aren't answering their phone, they get on this drip where, where they, they're not forgotten about. Um, what's crazy, Mike, is that after four or five months, uh, we have this drip where, where we hit them kind of you know, a few times the first week, once the second week once a month later and then right. once six months later yeah what's crazy is that we get almost just as much success on the four months five mm. months six months later mm. as we do on the ones right up front mm. because people haven't forgot about it yeah and and uh you know we that's why you need to have it automated you need to have a system and yeah. if your whole if your entire practice is built on referrals um that should be the system that you own mm. that you are in you know complete control over mm. i can't believe how much focus in specialty practices are on different systems of like, let's make sure that the, the post-op instructions are really right, good right. or, you know, and it's like, 
hey, your bread and butter is referrals and you have no clue who's coming, who's mm -hmm. going. You, you, you aren't capturing all of them. You have how many statistics? You don't even know when doctors are stopped referring to you. Yeah. You don't even know when, right. when, when Dr. Smith is, has started slowing down because you have no idea about anything. You should have complete control over this, over the referring platform. Yeah. And that's, that's, you need something like referral. Right. right. So right. yeah, that's what it is. The analytics. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks for letting me ask you some deeply personal questions yeah. <laughs> and, and talk a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey. I, I think there's a book that should be written probably <laughs> of, of your journey at the end of it, because, you know, I think it is a good template and uh, I appreciate you kind of open up the door a little bit. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Mike. I appreciate it. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for interviewing me, Mike. Um, there's a part of that I'm going to tell in another, like I mentioned, going to the, the cabin with my family. Mm. Anyway, that, that whole experience, maybe in these podcasts down the road, I'll have to explain a little bit more about the whole, the crazy experiences that we had as a family up on the cabin in this little yeah. 700 square foot cabin. Yeah. My daughter, I actually, I did want to, about my daughter getting attacked by bear. So anyway, it's kind of been crazy, but thank you so much for your time. And thanks for joining us uh, for the listeners on the, the special dentalist podcast that was brought to you by referral web. Uh, go check us out at referralweb.com or go to my, my uh, specific page, the referral doc.com uh, to learn more about it. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you.